wrap uh, episode nine. Uh, how's everybody doing? My name is Dim One, aka Damone Carter, aka the rap Steve Zizu. Um, <laughs> glad to be with y'all one more again. Uh, the Dad Bod Rap Pod for those who are listening for the first time. First of all, welcome. Welcome. Whatever rabbit hole led you here, uh, we hope not to disappoint. This is a podcast about the important questions that are facing men of a certain age. And that is, who's the greatest of all time? Is is trap music trash or pure brilliance? Uh, and all the other quandaries that exist within the rap field. To my left... We have the incomparable, the incredible, the ineffable, which I don't really know what that word means, but I like it. I am uneffable. Okay. Like, don't F with it. Girls have been telling me that (laughs) for 37 years. The ineffable. Nate LeBlanc, how's it going? What's up, y'all? Good to be here. Glad to be here talking about rap music, literally the only thing I like doing. Right, right. And if we could monetize talking about it. That would be something. Hit Somebody, us up, MeUndies. Please. <laughs> NPR, you need us. Um, and to my right, we have the incredible hip-hop journalist who actually has made money from his rap knowledge. So kind of envious, lightweight. We have Mr. David Ma. What's, What's going, going on, on guys? Uh, good to be here. You can call me uh, Dave the Funky Homo Sapien. <laughs> oh, oh. oh, too soon. It's a funky human being. Being a funky Such human a clever. being. Monkeys you will make of men. <laughs> Nice. I have a memory loss, so I. Uh, that I would be dope. That would be dope. I would actually, you know what? I'm gonna print out some Dell lyrics and have Nate say them. <laughs> boo boo heads, dude. There's a boo boo head over here. Yeah. Oh man. Um. So so this uh this kind of recent block of episodes that we're doing, um, we're dealing with the year 1998, which um is 20 years in the past, which is Jesus. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm right there with you. I'm I think like, about this all the time. The Beatles were as old to Tribe Called Quest as the stuff we're going to talk about today is to us now. Oh, God. my God. This interview is over. Yeah, exactly. This podcast is over. Think exactly. of how much life changed 68 to 88. I feel like I'm basically the same as I was 20 totally. years ago, except totally. for I'm not at all because I have a job. <laughs> right, right. And responsibilities. But yeah. yeah, 98, man, like... It was a while ago. Uh, if you listen to, um, I believe it's episode seven, we, we delved into kind of the year and rap of 1998. In this episode, we're going to talk about one of the dopest um, albums to come out that year. Um, and that is Most Deaf and Talib Kweli, our black star. Um, kind of a watershed moment in underground hip hop. Um, before Woke was Woke. They were definitely woke and it used injecting. to be called conscious. Right, right. It's a conscious rap album. Right. It is the conscious rap album. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. Um one of the only ones that holds up. Right. So so Nate, talk to us about when this got to you. Sure. And kind of how great is this album? So like does it does it hold up? This is an epical moment in my rap life. I was um super into raucous, like everything they put out, sound bombing. Mm-hmm. Um, Lyricist Lounge. They did. They did the build up perf- perfectly. Like you had heard of Most Def from mm-hmm. uh, Big Brother Beat, De La yep. Soul, yep. and um, I. I didn't know quite yet, but soon I was about to find out he was the guy in Urban Thermodynamics, which was oh, his family yes. group, which right. I was his about sister. to get into at yeah. the time. Yep. And then um, 
Quali had just had the manifesto, which to me was like a very moving, like it just said everything mm-hmm. for, about the backpack ethos and was just so brilliantly written. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I was in PE class and I was wearing my Tribe Called Quest shirt. So this kid came up to me and he's like, oh, you like Tribe Called Quest? Like, what are you all into? Like, who's your favorite rapper? And I'm like, right now? Talib Kweli, like he just blew my mind with this mm-hmm. manifesto. And back then, all it kind of took was one song. You couldn't just instantly right. delve into people's catalogs. So, um, I have <laughs> this is the second time I'm talking about my stupid acoustic guitar. But <laughs> on my case for my stupid acoustic guitar, I was taking lessons <laughs> for at the time. I had a big old Black Star sticker because I went nice. to the mm. record store on the day it came out to buy it, and I bought the CD and I got this like really cool sticker. Nice. So this was huge for me. I like my identity was wrapped up in liking this backpack rap, and for it to go where it went and to be as good as it was was like really really important to me. So I think it definitely still holds up. I think it's pretty brilliant. Um, the thing that I came around to listening to it today is that it's kind of quality taking it hmm. mm. I think he, mm. now now i'm hearing you hear him. more of the quality interesting, yeah, okay. more, interesting. Where at the time most f's just sheer charisma mm-hmm. really stood out to me mm. but the um i re- shout to uh the cypher podcast i listened to one of the raucous founders on there and he said they basically put them together mm. they yeah. were both so yeah. hot so this is kind of a Oh, um, stage. It's thing, not necessarily huh? their idea, though clearly okay. they were in the same lane. So Rockus okay. brilliance at the time was mm. to see that narrative and to put them together. Mm-hmm. So they're perfect moving pieces. Perfect though. moving oh, pieces. Man. Really yeah. brilliant label move. Totally. Um, there. And clearly they're at the top of their games. Uh, you have to give high tech a lot of credit for yeah. the album success. Yeah. Underrated. He's Underrated. brilliant on this. A lot yep. of different textures and patterns and things like that. So I'm monologuing, but uh, I love this record. It really still holds up for me. Yeah. I could throw it on any time. Totally. What are, what are your what are your one two joints from that? My record? cut is um, I have to look it up. Um, Hater players. Mm-hmm. I love that song. Mm-hmm. I, for me, that's maybe most deaf's greatest verse. Interesting. Uh, the tall grass, the low trees, uh, the mountainous ridges. Like the yeah. picture he paints there mm-hmm. yeah. is just utterly brilliant right. to me. I really like that. I really like the trade off there. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's my cut. All the big songs are great. Right. I want to give a little bit of love to the end song um, <laughs> because uh, I think it's Wordsworth. It might be punchline. Goes uh, in rhyme bouts. You'll dial nine just to get a yeah. line. Right now, <laughs> my 1980s office I'm at every day, you still have to do no, that. And no I think way. of it every, every time. single time. Wow. I'm like, before lunch, I'll dial nine wow. just to get a get line out. out. <laughs> oh, yeah. So anyway, that, that okay. song hasn't aged well particularly, but um, it was nice of them to bring in the kind of battle rappers and the punchline rappers. So I'll give a little bit of love to that. But uh, just a great record. Yeah. Overall. Dave, where were you? How did this I was, hit you? I was in high school. I didn't really delve into it till after, um, but sort of like Nate, I mean, super into the uh, backpack phase of my life. And those guys were, like like Nate said, perfect moving pieces, right? I mean, that's how you executively produce something, right? You put yeah. together the perfect elements. And I think some people might argue, but uh, I would say this is High Tech's best production and Talib's best production performance and mm. um i in terms of songs though like we had mentioned earlier i think redefinition is is my cut on that redefinition redefinition okay. i like definition as well i mean that's an anthem right it's anthemic but um yeah that line and redefinition where most is like you talk about me to your grandson come on mm. come on and he's just lyrically handsome on that so what, yeah. are, you, what yeah. are you gonna do yeah. right and yeah. yeah just 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 oozing charisma and to, to live, I mean the the law of the law of the bluest eye or something like that. Yeah. Just yeah. come on, just yeah. 
peppering things with just brilliance. So two guys apexing at the same time on the same album. Gotta love it. Yeah. And has aged fantastic. I mean, that and Moment of Truth from that year, like the two rap records from that year, I probably still listen to. Mm. Okay. okay. What about you, Damon? Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I love this record in the sense that the, the political bent of it was completely absent. Hmm. You know, we're kind of talking about Marcus Garvey at that moment. Right. It was the apex of Jiggy. um, And, you know, yeah, the backpack set, we're kind of on the sidelines, kind of grumbling and grousing about the lack of uh, political content. And then this just came through like a ray of light, man. And Mm -hmm. also kind of being the the torchbearers for that kind of, you know, tribe called Questian Sound, Mm -hmm. um, which some people... Uh, concluded died with love movement, but I, I say it didn't. Um, so they they were really uh, they were really instrumental in kind of reigniting black nationalism as a as a thing that you could wrap an album mm-hmm. around. I think this is the the first album in a long time that engaged um, a younger audience with this content. Like you know, Public Enemy was still around, but sure, they they sure. were kind of petering out in terms of of being able to capture a youth Super audience. Super relevant, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So this one really. It really struck me. My joints um, are "Knowledge of Self," "Determination." I thought, which is a, mm. was, a, was a great track. Mm. Um, Doesn't that have funky singing by someone? Miss Vinia Mujica. <laughs> um, yeah, and it just it, again, it kind of took. It's like they took the baton from from Tribe, literally in yeah. that case. It's, it's just clearly an homage, right. and you right. weren't. And yet again, Mini Ripperton sample, but they made it work. Like yeah, I, right. I was prepared to smirk at that, but mm-hmm. it was, it was an really amazing. Well done. Mm-hmm. Amazing song, you know, Brown Skin Lady, Astronomy, like to open up the album yeah. yes. with, with Astronomy just to tell you like, okay, this is what we're kind of grounding you yeah. in. Um, and it also was like, in many ways, you could say the last hurrah for Brooklyn. Ooh. As Brooklyn, Brooklyn being Brooklyn. Oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like this idea, you know what I mean? Like I went to Brooklyn in 01, which is a couple years after this came out, and there was still that. And I went back in 2013, and that there isn't it's a all quality. Or, yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, we were on the train, and we noticed that the closer we got to Brooklyn from Manhattan, people's um, their pants started going up, right. and their socks started disappearing, right. And like by the time you're in Brooklyn, it's all loafers and like shants. Mm. Um, mm. So it was this like last moment of like Brooklyn's black self okay you know what i mean That's in the spirit in the spirit yeah. of diggable yeah. planet i mean i'm Part of the problem here, the only time I've ever been to Bushwick was to eat at Roberta's. Like that's you know, and I was scared in the cab. Not gonna right, lie, right? Until right. we got there, so I, I'm I'm hearing that I had not considered that as we were kind of talking about this. I think we should uh, note that this is part of Common's resurgence. Yeah, yes. Common did yeah. really yes yes feel yes. like the Common we all knew and yeah. loved at that time until this yeah. his verse on, on respiration. Oh, respiration is brilliant. I can feel the city breathing. Is yes. that the one? Oh. Um, uh, he found it hard to imagine he hadn't been past downtown. Ugh. It's just like, yeah. And it's yeah. like he, him giving that kind of cosign to a younger yes. generation right. artist. Totally. I mean, cause he, he was dense, you know? Yeah. And he, he was on a major and you know, it kind of, it was like, Oh wow. They have this kind of, you know, um, cachet in the industry, even before the album was out, yeah. you were kind of intrigued. And so, um, I think this is also kind of the, the high water moment for, Raucous and in that whole movement, yeah. Like it kind of after that, it, it did really, numbers. It was yeah. a big record. It, was, it, it mattered. It, right. it, yeah. it, was a, it, it was kind a of announced record. that 
This it's, it's actually, the, that's the funniest part about all of this is it led to underground ceasing to exist. Right. You know, it's like you can't really call yourself underground with a gold record. Totally. Like, what does right. that mean? Right. 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 Underground right. at its right. core means unpopular. And totally. that's not something you can I've say. I've mastered right. it. Yeah. They're uh, not they're not they're not doing broke ass <laughs> summer jams. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um I, I want to prompt you guys with something this has always kind of bothered me and it makes me kind of a contentious old man rap fan but most deaf just came out of the gate deciding he was enough part of the hip-hop firmament to do like homage mm-hmm. like, children's is it, story is it right? writing or right. is it homage well this we don't, we don't get a lot of essentially opens with a bdp rip you could invite that beat interesting mm-hmm. the okay. full Children's story. story. Is right. it homage? Is it a ripoff? Ooh, Snoop had I, also done a full song. I, I think homage. the I think the fine line between homage and ripping off is how well it's done. Right? right? How classy you well do at it. That point. He did it well. He did it well. Yeah. You know, it's ne- it's always that, taken me a little bit out of conversations about his brilliance. Like, hmm. And clearly, he was brilliant at this point, and he could really write. And he has right. the most charismatic, effortless the, just delivery. Oozing almost anyone ever did. Right. But right. it always kind of bothered me how much homage, if hmm. we're calling hmm. it that, he enacted hmm. it's not really well written if someone else wrote it agreed, well, agreed. but well, but in the essence of his kind of you know and maybe this is appropriation i don't know his background but there's kind of a a, a jamaica ness to it totally that totally. says he does that these riffs he does do some things, faking jamaican yeah at faking times. Jamaican. <laughs> jerking <laughs> and working he, <laughs> but that's that's part of that ethos is that any popular kind of tune or him and I and I've always considered him in kind of that vein and he does tap into that a little it's bit. It's an interesting point. It doesn't totally convince me that he's not kind of no, but you know, dipping I, a little bit too far into the homage bucket. At uh, times. For sure, I at the time I, I felt like he always sort of like pro, uh, poised himself as a student though, the right. student of hip hop. Right. So I never right. felt like it was not tasteful. Yeah. You know? Well, I that was my skippy. Only because, yeah, um, to. only because that song, and we'll get into this in a future episode called Death to Throwback. <laughs> um, that song in particular is obviously a great song. Yeah. Um, it's, it's overplayed. Yeah. It's, but, it's, and then when you kind of factor in the, the Montel Jordan aspect of it, unfortunately, <laughs> um, it kind of just, it's like, we need a moratorium. Right. We need a moratorium on children's story, and I believed it back then. Right. So totally, totally. It's much worse than that. Yeah. Same with Lottie Dottie. Uh, high techs, yeah. especially bass programming on that is brilliant. Like it's <sighs> it, such I think that's his best production. Beat. Yeah. I mean, I hate yeah. to say it. I mean, I know such he has rabid fans, beat. but I mean, the Reflection Eternal stuff, I mean, some of it's yeah. great, but in terms of consistency. Can we touch on that for a minute? Mm-hmm. One of the biggest records for me of the Backpack era, and probably my favorite one that I just, if you got a tape from me at that time, this was definitely on it. Both sides was the Fortified Live, mm. um, where it's Most Deft, Quali, and Mr. Man from the Bush mm. Babies, who's kind of forgotten in the overall hip-hop narrative, but slays on that record. Okay, I gotta, so I gotta revisit. It's, uh, uh, cut you out, cut you in half, and leave you with a semicolon. It's <laughs> oh like, yes, yes, yeah, just yes. totally speaking to me as a grammarian and a, a rap head. So that was where you first got this glimpse of their chemistry. Mm. Um, so for those of you who weren't around at that time, you should really go back and listen to Fortified Live. And then on the other side, it's um, 2000 Seasons, I believe. It's kind of a really introspective quality track. Okay, um, okay. where it's it's okay. almost like you can picture him like laying on the roof of the car, looking up at the right. night sky, kind of mm. like. It, it, pondering life's big questions. Okay. And then you kind of get both sides of that on the Black Star album. Yeah. And I, I don't know if that has survived 
past the 12 inch era. I don't ever hear anyone talk about it. Hmm. Um, amazing you Roy sample Tom drunk awesome. on that for the beat too, awesome. which is also produced by high tech. I remember first hearing most F on um, that beat junkies uh, comp. It's like universal magnetic, yes, I believe that's where he's like 12. On yeah. Marcus. And that, I mean, a, B boys rock. Right. World. Yeah. I mean, that's but losing charisma. Yeah. Just, just his whole stance and approach was uh, kind of cemented in, in, in b-boy swag, right? Yeah, right. there's a right. there's a deliberate b-boyness to how he goes about it, and then kind of juxtaposed yeah. with with Quali's, and I say this as a compliment, his chattiness. Sure. Mm-hmm. So it was this kind of like, right. uh, you know, the the choppy with the smooth, right? That right. made their thing right. so right. the dense with a smile. Yeah, it was just kind of it it flowed in and out. Let me ask you this: what, where do they? rank in terms of all-time duos only one album not only one one album album, i don't i couldn't put them in the upper echelons but it's it's a great album right Um, are they fresco and miz (laughs) (laughs) it's aged better than that but they certainly don't rap as fast (laughs) right i'll say that um (laughs) casanova c and and uh, super uh, (laughs) shout out to paul c right yes i love those records um what is it? Super, Super Lover, Lover C, Red? Super Red? Lover C and Casanova Rudd? Yeah. No, it's the other yeah. way. Is it? No, I don't no, know. Super we Lover sound C. stupid now. Yeah. Super Lover Rudd? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that doesn't sound right. Shout to Paul Rudd. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, not in the upper echelons, not okay. Gangstar, not Outcast, but in the conversation for having a one great record. What about uh, Pete and CL? Yeah, nowhere close. Right? It's got three great albums, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. All right. That's, and and that's it's fair. not a DJ producer combo, which neither is Outcast because they both did it. That's true. But that's those true. are kind of a, a different yeah. phase. You got really like two different flavors. Are they a duo or are they a trio? Uh, uh, right. With high tech. With high tech. Right. With high tech. Right. Um, right. It, it could be argued because we, we haven't heard them outside of that context. Yeah. I think just I'll add a little bit on. They've done songs and been featured on songs together since since then. Right. History, I mean off of uh off of Moses um uh aesthetic album which which you know I I was very partial to. Apparently I'm alone on that. But um, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like they're still themselves and they're if maybe not their music so much cuz we don't have a lot mm. to go off of, but they're for lack of a better term, brand, like what they represent in yeah. the culture, this kind of of almost rap's response to the Neo Soul moment. Right. And but they still kind of hold right. that. I feel like a train of thought, which is the reflection eternal that came right uh-huh. off the heels of this, really mm-hmm. embraces that mm-hmm. a little bit more, which it has not aged well for me. Yeah. I don't revisit that. I, I think I, thinking back though, I think I think you guys are right. I think uh, I think Black Star should be considered a trio. Right? Okay. Okay. I mean, is there a black but it's not most deaf and topically and high tech. No, that's what I'm star, saying. So, that's what I'm saying. You know, but but if there was a black star remix album, name. if there was a right. black star remix album with different beats, it would not be. It, it wouldn't have been the same. It would not be it that. Been the same. It really it really met the moment of '98. I think all the great albums yeah. where you're talking about Thirty Six Chambers, totally, totally, or AT Aliens. Right. It's this idea of of spinning off what's happening. Right doing the complete 180 but making it still work within totally. that context. There's also this yeah. element of just magic, right? Like yes. like um you the, know like the cover uh, art. Right. Uh, you know just, when you when you listen to the what with uh, Method Man and mm-hmm, Biggie, mm-hmm. that's magic. Their yeah, right. voices sound Absolutely. amazing. Yes. You know when you listen to uh Danger Mouse and Doom, that mm-hmm. album mm-hmm. lacked magic, okay. right? Yeah, it's a little fine. forced. Right. Yeah. A little forced. I mean great components, right? But totally forced. Let me but ask you guys Black this. Star, magic. Who yeah. had the better career? Damn. Rapping wise? As an artist, Talib Kweli or look, Most Def? Look, look, 
Where the way, I, the way I always measure that, I would go most deaf. You, you gotta say really? who's. You gotta say who is who tours because they want to, and who tours because they need to. Right. That's if we're talking career, now if yeah. we're saying body of work, right, we can yeah. have another argument. But right. if you're talking about, I'm so, I, I ask specifically about career because yeah. most deaf, for all intents and purposes, does not have a performing rap career right now. He he doesn't, but I don't think he's he's starving either. Right. right. You know what I mean? He, I think right. he's he's he done. would sell out. He's right? done enough. Like an event center? is selling out. Selling out what room? I, smaller rooms. I okay. saw him. Smaller rooms. I saw him at Yoshi's okay. five years ago. That's a three hundred person room. Maybe it's a three hundred person room. Now yeah. that's that's a fifty dollar ticket though. I know. Right, you know what right, I mean? Yeah. Right, so right, right. What did he do? Did he, he do live band? Did he? Yeah, yeah. He had he had a live band. Blackjack Johnson or what? Ish. <laughs> it was in that era. Okay. It was in that era. Yeah. He did some of that stuff, but he um almost almost like. A male Lauren Hill. Yeah, Almost. yeah. We were just Almost, talking if about that. If you think that. of like my Umi says, right, mm-hmm. is his cross, you know, yeah, crossover the Jordan kit. commercial. Yeah, yeah. So he occupies this space that I think is very I similar. And even just yeah. sort of being uh, inconsiderate to fans because right. you're now this statu- <laughs> at this stature, right? Right. right. I mean, Miles yeah. Davis syndrome. <laughs> so I, I haven't listened to a ton of recent quality. The last album I heard was like Reflections in the Concrete or Rainbows in Concrete or something. I think he's had a new, new one. On yeah, top of that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He did a project with Mad Lib that I think they gave out for free. That yeah. was kind of grimy. I, I like remember that. that. But he, he was like your, your, your favorite MC's favorite MC kind of dude. He's like a rap, yeah. like rapperson rapper. Yes. And I guess that just ages better for me because I like lyrics and I just mm-hmm. want to hear people rap really mm-hmm. well. And so I don't know. I, I most deaf doesn't have a song that has captured the its moment as well as Get By did. And you could say that Kanye has more to do with that than Quali, but like that's that's a pretty big song. Interesting. Like that was that was still kind of end of raucous era when yeah. Kanye was on the come up, but I'll still hear that on the radio. They don't play any most deaf yeah. on the radio. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. So he never rose up to that yeah. level. Uh, an occasional Miss Fat Booty. Commercial. Miss Fat Booty. An occasional Miss Fat Booty. That's a good song. Was pretty uh, a song. in terms of him poking his head into this mainstream space. But if you were to walk around with two pictures. And and just show people yeah. and say, who which, who do you recognize in this thing? You better be at a hip hop show, otherwise you're going to get a lot of both. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Though most Def's giant face was on his album cover, that's true. so they've at least seen it Smart. if they flip that's through in the back of his head. I mean, and the Cosby <laughs> mysteries. So which, you know, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's a, a definitive answer for this. They both still have careers in a way. I think it's Absolutely. interesting. You would have thought most Def would be the superstar, and Quali would be right, the underground right, guy. Right. It hasn't necessarily turned well, out that way. Well, that's true. That's true. Because of Quali's doing radio shows all the time, right? I mean, most doesn't have to he's a he's reclusive he's too reclusive he's reclusive and it's kind of almost like the the andre big boy thing where right big he's boy the andre is constantly for sure. working yeah. yes totally you know I mean? and, and he still raps and he's he still not raps. singing yeah. yeah and he's like he's that's he's a really good that. so that's a really good uh, so black star amazing album um 1998 not not the best year in rap but it, it definitely had a its, standout moment yeah it had 100%. its shining moments black star was was one of those um, so yeah, Dad by Rapper. There's hit songs 
Um, and then there's those songs that only you like, or at least it seems like it feels that way. Um, you know, back in in a time back in Yon, uh, we called those slept on joints to sleep on, to not pay attention to. Um, and so we're gonna we're gonna delve into some of uh, some of our you know favorite slept on joints. These are great songs that for whatever reason just didn't catch the the mass consciousness and, and a lot of people don't know about and make you seem really awkward at parties and stuff when you bring them up. <laughs> um, but but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna delve into what those joints are for us, you know, where they came from, how they make you feel. Mr. Dave Ma, I know that you in particular have some Eminem joints that you want. <laughs> I like later Eminem, okay? Jokes. <laughs> I only like the new Eminem. <laughs> I like his viral videos. Um, you know what? For me, I got to go with one of my favorite all-time rappers, which would be Cool Keith. Mm. And, um, and this is a cut. It's called Get Off My Elevator. Get Off My Elevator. Okay. Security work scorch you off the building. Get off my and the reason I chose that one, I mean, besides the uh, the killer average white band um, "Love Your Life" sample, um, this was sort of the era for um, sex style, which is one of my favorite Cool Keith eras because it encompasses what I lo- love in MCs, which is an element that's been lost, which is humor. I mean, yeah. he's hilarious on the fucking yeah. album, right? Yeah. And and get off my ele- my elevator when I first heard it was off of this uh, comp called "Defenders of the Underworld," which is a really awesome overlooked backpack comp that has like the arsonist on it um maybe pep love's best song um just a bunch of gems dell and um it's hilarious i mean it's cool keith at his best i mean when you listen to it you can see why ultra mag couldn't couldn't contain him oh yeah. he was just too be- too too much for it yeah absolutely. you know absolutely. and uh that would be my cut because i just think it in, in encompasses everything i love about cool keith and rap music he he said that without mentioning it was straight porn core. Like he, <laughs> like he really played that as if all those records didn't have like some chick spreading her that, legs. It's on the my favorite political rap song. <laughs> <laughs> well played, Mr. Ma. Well played. What about you guys? Nate. Uh, so my song, it's not like it didn't connect with the masses. This song didn't even connect with the backpack era. Like I, I happen to be a really big fan of the early output of this artist called Sonic Sum. Um, mm-hmm. They are uh, like a very poetic, kind mm-hmm. of understated East Coast, New York um, rap outfit. Uh, think Mike Ladd. Mike Ladd, right. Um, Ozone Records. Mm-hmm. Um, just a whole kind of scene of that stuff. Like um, late 90s, early okay. 2000s. Yeah, 2001. They have this song called, the, or this album called The Sanity Annex, which was like a dorm room oh, classic for me. Me and Dave, this is why me and Dave are friends. We were the only two people who liked this in probably the West Apparently. Coast. <laughs> yeah, you've never heard of it? Okay. No, I haven't. He had later albums on Def Jokes as Rob Sonic, so that okay, might have okay. risen yeah. okay. up to your gotcha. consciousness. But um, on the Sanity Annex, they had three 12 inches on there. I'm going to select this song called Calorama Gala. That's a good one. And it's just a lovely song. It's just, it really, it really takes me back to a time and place. Um, the hook is, uh, I've seen too many things today. I'll embrace my gluttony. Um, I was embracing my gluttony a lot at that time. Like I was drinking a lot, smoking a lot, partying a lot, not going to class a lot. Like I was like dorm room living, um, really enjoying my life. And it was this kind of like reflective side of underground hip hop that I really appreciated. So, um, Mm -hmm. I, I think his whole 
early career is worth seeking out, but you have to not want straightforward. Like you have to want right. like metaphor laden internal right. rhyme scheme, right. like okay. almost like New okay. York poets cafe mm-hmm. kind of style. Okay. Um, it's sort not, of loose, cold production, yes. but the, his, his imagery, he's a great writer. Totally. He's a great writer. Um, I think we might be able to get him on here someday. I'd love to talk to him. I mm-hmm. just really admired him back then. And it's just, I was so underground. I like the underground shit. Underground people didn't like, you know what I mean? And that was like really key to my identity. And this was part of it. Um, so that's, that's my okay. track. Calorama Gala by Sonic. Some, uh, worth seeking out, not on Spotify. I discovered today. Oh, interesting. Uh, so we'll post a YouTube great. link on our yeah. Twitter. Kind of great. It's you kind of don't exist. If you, if you can't on, stream it, yeah. there's, there's yeah. this new prestige to that for me. Like, totally. Oh shit. Yeah. But what Sanity about? Annex though. Yeah. Like, that's a fantastic. Great album. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. See, you learn things when you listen to this. <laughs> what podcast. about you, Damon? Um, for me, I'm going to choose a track um, a little closer to home by a group called The Coup, um, who many of you know, their, their DJ, Pam the Functures, just passed away. Um, so RIP to Pam. Uh, this track is off their Steal This Album that came out. It's called Steal This Album. They're Steal uh, This Album. Album, album. yeah. <laughs> that came out in 1998. Um, and it's a joint that's as interesting as the name would suggest me and a pimp named jesus in a 79 granada last night me and jesus the pimp in a 79 granada last night so the track itself in terms of production is kind of like you know central casting bay area um slumpy beat of, yeah. of 1998 so not nothing special there but kind of like um, a dangerous crew replayed funk absolutely style exactly beat. yeah which exactly. i love that stuff exactly it doesn't i mean so that part of it doesn't necessarily hold up to to today's standards but um the way boots is weaving this tale i really mm-hmm. feel like this is one of the best story raps ever yeah like, i would agree with that good call yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's you know definitely unsung but um, without spoiling it, because I know a lot of folks on the younger side haven't necessarily, um, you know, dug into the catalog of the coup. Um, I would suggest that you you peep out this song. It's a story rap with a twist that um, makes it super interesting. And you know, most of the time, story raps with a twist. The only twist is the the female protagonist ends up being transgender. Like that's that's like the biggest twist in rap music um, up to that point. So this this story was it's great. It's it is about him and a pimp named Jesus and it's 79 Granada. Um, and the flow is just impeccable. The, yeah. the flow is yeah. impeccable. The story's great. Right. Um, it's just an incredible an incredible song from a good album. Steal This yeah. album is a is a good album. And it kind of personifies, you know, the the storytelling prowess of Boots, who is directing a movie, which sounds like it's going to be amazing. Um, and so on this track, you can kind of see he has this kind of visual. Right. 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 He's writing movies right. back then. Right. Exactly. Right. I just had exactly. to get up to go look because we we're debating what record label this was on. Uh, both are on Dog Day. But I mm. feel like I remember Steal This Album also coming out on 75 Arc. So I'm gonna have oh, to okay. I'm gonna have okay. to look that back up. We will so. delve. I think it's the one yeah. after. We is will it, delve into this. Was it the this. next one? Is that the 911 one that they had to do the different? They cover had to do for. the different cover for. Was that? Wait, I'm gonna have to look that up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, a, boot, anyway, a boots, tremendous yeah. track. Um, really good song. I have a 
great connection with this song because the first time I ever heard it, it was at a live coup show and they had a full band, including this wow. like 80 year old man mm. playing the flute, uh, wow. Pam so, in all so. her glory. Um, and just, uh, I just couldn't believe what I was hearing. Like mm-hmm. Boots yeah. was just commanding the stage totally. and really like telling this story and mm-hmm. like hearing it for the first time that way. I'll always have a, a good connection to it. Um, the coup are severely underrated. Severely even, underrated. Even like in political rap, right. I don't think they like are thought of as like even like the Parises who've kind of fallen right, off right, of the, right, right. the radar, but really kind of honed that sound. And I think it's because of like the funk. Right. Like they're, right. they're, they're not admit to funk. Right. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, not. Yeah. Some of the songs are so fun dark. sounding. Yeah. You know they what I mean? They're fun. Right. They're totally. a fun band. They're yeah. a cool band. But then he'll, like he'll have lyrics like uh, one of my favorite Boots lyrics is um, it's on the tip of my mousy tongue. It's like, yeah. oh, man, on the tip of my mouth, say tongue. Like yeah. I was at that age. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this dude is, is a genius. Kill your landlord. Right. Yeah. A, right. So bringing in right. kind of, you know, genocide com- and juice. Yeah. Totally. Communist agit right. Yeah. Right. Rap, right. But over this kind of, uh, like you say, this commitment to a funk soundtrack and right. never being, um, I think it's because the music itself steers anti into right, right. It, right. it juxtaposes, right? Yeah. I mean, whereas whereas Public Enemy, it right, was, it was deep it's content <laughs> and the beats were as wild and forward thinking right. as the music. Whereas with a coup, you're you're looking at something that's more like yeah. this is Bootsy Clinton's, yeah. um, you know, Black Power yeah. statement. You yeah. you could put it on at a house party, but Bootsy he's Clinton, but Bootsy he, Collins. you know, you can put their tracks on at a house party and Absolutely. people will dance. Yeah. But he's talking about some serious shit. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and yeah, and he's so Oakland and so you know, yes, totally. it's it's yeah. it's a very he's the best. It's a very dude. big it's a fan. Very Oakland group. Rest in peace, Pam. Though I mean, yes. we're so just huge loss for huge, the Bay Area huge, huge DJ loss. community. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's actually seventeen was a tough year, man. Uh, yeah. DJ DJ Steph, DJ Pam, yes, um, DJ and, Steph forever, and you know just this kind of like legacy Bay Area rap. Right. You know, year zero for Bay Area rap, and somebody and also females like all of a sudden, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Female uh, DJs, torchbearers. yeah, uh, torchbearers in the yeah. game. Don't yeah. appreciate uh-huh. them until they're gone, and it's like, yeah, how many how many female DJs are there in the game, anyways? You know, right. to have to like subsist in that in that arena for so long did you guys read boots is like he wrote this His long kind of piece yeah. which yeah. is awesome it was, so it was awesome yeah, yeah. it's so. just amazing to kind of get that um kind of inside perspective on mm-hmm. on how she dealt with the sexism yeah not the sexism of now which is bad right the right. sexism yeah. of the early 90s totally. was within like in hip-hop within hip-hop Jeez. was horrendous yeah. Yeah. she was like, treated terribly right yeah and and the kind of persevere through all of that and become Keep your sense of humor mm-hmm. yeah yeah well, you know like how pam, do, pam does the DJ. titty scratch yeah yeah, I, yeah exactly. it's like it's like does she need to feel like that's a novelty gimmick thing to do not right. that it's not awesome and hilarious yeah. Yeah. i laughed and cried when i saw the video yeah but you know what i mean like yeah does the one does the one female dj need to do a titty scratch right or right. feel the need to you know? right certainly speaks, got noticed speaks to a greater culture yeah yeah Okay. Um, all right. Both good picks by everybody. I'm a big fan of that. Get off my elevator. It's such, a, such a great song. So bouncy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Dave and I were talking about that defenders of the underworld comp earlier this week because randomly my high school girlfriend DM me on Facebook to Lucia doesn't really know that yet. She'll find out um, to show me this mixtape I made her. And it must have okay. been right when that came out okay. because it had all these songs from Defenders of the Underworld, Jurassic 5, Cyan, Yeshua, right. like all this. Oh. I was just so in the backpack back yeah. then. Glass um, bottom so I had, I've been having this nostalgic thing. My favorite mocha only song, maybe oh, the yes. only good mocha only song yeah. is on that. It's like, um, I want to Variety. Yeah, I love that song. That Arsonist has the a great song on that. On that's great. It's worth tracking down. It was on Battle Axe Records. 
right. which I believe was um, Canadian it's label, Canadian. Um, closely associated with swollen, swollen members. members. Yeah, yeah, um, which that's not someone you talk about every day, and not <laughs> in polite company. Oh, Mad Child, yeah, Mad, Mad Child. Child's still doing stuff. Mad Child, since we're here, since we've made, didn't it have to, some weird like freestyle thing? Since we made it to Mad Child, um, used to go back in ninety one, ninety two. Um, he was working at the Bomb Hip Hop Shop in San Francisco. And we'd go up there and he'd talk to you for four or five hours. Wow. Just Whoa. with no problem. Like, he didn't care. We didn't buy anything. Like, we were just kids borrowing, you know, yeah. mom's car to go to the city. And yeah, he had all these wild stories and what he was doing. And um, I think it's amazing that he is still... He's still out there. He's still he's still doing, doing it. independent mm-hmm. hip hop. He's still right. doing independent right. hip hop yeah. in 2018, and, and in '92 he was like, "I'm a," you know, he kind of laid out what he was gonna do, and yeah. he ended up doing it. So I always felt kind of this like the Swollen Members records. I really um, gravitated to because just knowing kind of his, his kind of personal so narrative. I. There was like a Dell track on it. I'm yeah. like, who is this guy? Totally. You know, connecting this this type of like bass stuff. But I don't think they've those records have aged well though, I gotta say. Yeah, I can't I can't say I've listened. I've listened recently. I mean, maybe that's a, a future podcast on, you know, um yeah, how Mad much Child's I, later catalog? <laughs> <laughs> His latter work. Late Mad Child. All right, y'all. Dead Bod Rap Pod.